much for joining us. We are in studio today chatting to Vince Seal, um, who is the co-founder and managing director of Press Start Hong Kong, which is a games consultancy. Hello, Vince. Hi, thanks Good for having me. Thanks for joining us today. And so Happy you're a games here. consultancy. So before we talk a little bit more about what you do in your, your business, you're, uh, you're a bit of a... A buff, a, a guru, not a guru. Let's not use guru. Guru is a funny word. Uh, you know a bit about board games. Uh, okay? A little bit, A yes. little, a tiny a little, little bit. A tiny bit, bit yeah. You scratch the surface. Yeah. Because um, I wanted to chat to you because I feel like board games, and we're talking about like tabletop, yes. tabletop games, right? Like a car, piece of cardboard folded in half inside a box with little pieces, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's gaining popularity. It's, it is. Right? It is. Absolutely. Yeah. And and how why i mean i thought I, last i checked everyone was supposed to be playing candy crush and pac-man versions and farmville what, what's happened why are people opening board games again how much time do we have <laughs> <laughs> i think so so that, that you know you raise a pretty interesting point and um i think the first thing is that everybody is so they have expectations that mm -hmm. you know all our lives are digital now so there is a huge sort of sense of you know feeling jaded um, in this digital world, we're all on our screens all the time. Yeah. We're pretty um, disconnected, really, are, aren't we? We are, we yeah. are, absolutely. And so I think that has driven a shift back to more analog types of entertainment, um, whether it's getting around a table um, and playing games, uh, or just more and more people are interested in sort of artisanal crafts, things that they can touch and mm -hmm. they know. Tangible, has, tangible things. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, and stuff that hasn't been really like mass produced on a like an assembly line. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. been fueling this kind of accessibility for, for board games. Mm. And so, I mean, because I'm always, I have, as I mentioned to you, I have some really, really dear friends of mine who are board game aficionados. They, sure. they just, they love board games. And I, I mean, the ones they tell me about, I've never, ever heard of. And they're not old games. There's mm -hmm. like, people are still making oh, new board games, yeah. right? So, I mean, what's, what's your, do you have a current favorite? Do I have a current favorite? Um, so I, I do. You do? Um, I'm more of a sort of longer strategic game type. How long is long? I think... Three hours. Three hours. Yeah. Three hours. Okay. Three hours. That's not terrible. I was thinking like eight hours. Are there no, games that, that go eight hours? No, that's pretty long. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've, I've played games of Risk, for example, that go for like for an entire day. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, and so you know, I, I like more of the strategic type mm -hmm, of games. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I don't really like games that have a lot of like heavy dice element. Right. Sure. Um, so it is more strategic. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, one of my I, I don't know if I of call course because a, a, a dice is luck, isn't it? It is spontaneous. It ah, is. I see. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites is called Brew Crafters, mm. and it is literally about running your own brewery. And it's a board game. It is. And amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And so it's what we call a worker placement game. Um, so you you have a team of workers at your disposal and. Um, you can send them out to go and acquire, you know, inventory and uh, add, you know, equipment to your your brewery factory and and whatnot. And yeah, you're, and it's a board game, and you do yeah, that. Yeah, and you're selling beers and you're, you know, creating craft recipes. Wow! And yeah, it's amazing. Gosh, and yeah. and these are games where you're the only person on your team. You are your team. Yes. Right. Yes. You are playing as you. Yes. And then then you you know in that game I think it goes up to about five players. Right, so, yeah, and then so there's five different breweries five going head-to-head. -head. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. And are there some other really weird ones, weird and wonderful ones? Weird? Well, another one that's, that I, I quite like um, is called Above and Below. And that's the setting is where you're resettling a village. 
um, after your previous village, village got ransacked by barbarians. Right, and sure. So that, old, then, that old gem, yeah. You know, that old gem. And <laughs> so you're, you know, dispatching villagers to do stuff above the ground, like building houses and, and farming and, and all that. But below ground, in this new land, there are caverns that you can explore. And so as part of the game, there's actually a whole adventure book that's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure type book. Right. So as part of the game, yeah. you are both being really strategic with all the above-ground stuff, and you have like actual stories that you're telling uh, while you're exploring underground. So oh, wow. that one's quite Okay, yeah, 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 sure. You, yeah. you feel quite responsible in that one. You're responsible Absolutely. for an entire generation of people sure. to keep safe in for your sure. board game. Okay, yeah, yeah. maybe a little bit stressful for me. What what, what <laughs> other ones? What other ones have you got? Um, there's another one that's out pretty recently called Wingspan. Wingspan, okay. And that's been making a lot of waves because it was designed by a bird watcher, and it's been actually covered in the New York Times and all that, like with like in-depth feature articles. It's wow. a game about building habitats. Um, to like attract bird species to come to your like nature preserves, and this um, is a successful board it game. Is a, like a by f it, it blew the doors out the Kickstarter campaign. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and who bought it? Other bird watchers? Or no, just, just... The, it's a fun game first and foremost. Really? Yeah, 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 for sure. Wingspan. Yeah. Gosh, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And how many players can build habitats to attract birds for wingspan? I'll have to get back to you on yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Off the top yeah, of my head. yeah, yeah. I just I just can't. Um, and so is do you do you know like how big is this industry? How big is the board well, game industry thing, at the moment? I have numbers. Yeah, you've prepared here. some statistics. I do. <gasps> I do. Well, well done. So here, let, let me drop some numbers for you. Go. By 2023, the global board games market is anticipated to reach values of more than 12 billion U.S. dollars. Oh my How's God. That? My goodness. And if you're looking at Kickstarter, so since Kickstarter yeah, uh, was founded, sure. um, board and card games as a category mm -hmm. uh, has been by far the most successful. Um, really? Even within like game projects like that category. So in 2018, um, there was a 20% increase in funds um, raised by successful tabletop projects while video game projects dropped for the third year in a row. Really? So the, yeah. these are on the rise and video game oh, projects are falling? Yes. Oh, yes. my goodness. Especially I never on Kickstarter that. because Kickstarter is very much uh, indie publishers, mm. indie designers. Yeah, true. Um, and so, you know, video games is less so of that. There is actually a, a much different demographic shift happening in, yeah. in the video games industry. But And do you think it's that, um, like, I mean, have you met a board game designer before? Yes. Yeah. What are they like? What, what kind of... Because I know I've met people who've designed video game stories. Yes. Like, I did a, I, I did script writing at university, and I've met people who took that degree and went on to write narratives for video sure. games, which sure. is an amazing thing to do. And they're quite a unique kind of person mm -hmm. to think about, you know, those mm -hmm. sorts of things. But what's a board game designer like? So the good thing about... Are they really um, Cerebral. Uh, yes, yeah. but there are, there are some game designers that are just like normal, regular people who like playing games. The good thing about having uh, digital platforms like Kickstarter is it makes it really democratic and really easy mm. for both customers to see new projects, to fund them. And so it makes it a lot easier for anybody to want to design a game. Obviously, you have to have a good idea to put out. Um, but you know, there's actually a quite growing uh, community of game designers here. Welcome back to the One Two Three Show on RTHK Radio Three. I'm Cruz McCalligan with you this afternoon, and we are chatting to Vince Seal of Press Start Hong Kong, all about games and specifically board games, tabletop, good old-fashioned tabletop board games. That's right. Right. And now we were chatting a little bit before the the break there about how this industry is just up, 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 up. It's just huge. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. exploding. What makes a successful board game? Because I know 
I've had those games where someone's like, oh my God, this is an amazing game. Sit down. You just have to do X, Y, Z, Z X, Y, da, 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 da. and I'm like, I'm, I, it, it stresses me out. So what, what's, the, what's the mark of a good board game? I think that, first of all, depends on everybody's play style, mm-hmm. right? Um, for us, when we look at games, when we look at game experiences, what have you, we, um, we have six things that we look at. So I can just walk through yeah, go, really, really go quickly. Yeah, through our um, board the, game criterium. Sure. Um, the first thing that we look at is the theme, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so you have stuff like Brewcrafters where it's set in, you know, beer. Um, and you have Wingspan, which is set in ornithology. Yeah, sure. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of different themes these days right now. Mm. Um, and that's the power of Kickstarter. There mm. are more and more themes coming out, like ancient Chinese history. Um, there's wow. a lot of fantasy stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. Animal kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a cool preference. Mm -hmm. Second thing we look at is exactly what you talked about just now. We call it complexity in terms of the ratio between um, how long it takes to learn a game and how long it takes to play. Um, So generally speaking, those two things are quite proportional. So, you know, you want to play a game where you can pick up in about 10 minutes and the game lasts for about 30 to 40. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to be spending three hours to learn the game exactly. and then six hours to play the game. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Or you don't want to spend like yeah. five minutes learning a game and playing it for five hours because right. there's something that's a little bit off, right? Okay, sure. Then the third thing you also alluded to before the break, which is the element of dice, so mm-hmm. chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are games that are more chance heavy mm-hmm. um, and more random. Generally speaking, those are what we call party games. So whether it's you know through dice or whether it's through other mechanisms, it is more unpredictable. Um, then there are others that are more strategic, where you are planning ahead for you know resources and and programs and and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that's that's point three. Right. Uh, okay. Then four is more the player interaction. Right. So there are highly interactive games, um, stuff like Mafia okay. or Werewolf, where you have hidden identities and you're trying to. You know, it's they're called social deduction games. So there's a lot ah. of talking. There's so you a lot have of to bluffing. interact with the people. Exactly. You're playing with. So if you're a, a very introverted person, you might not be wanting to play those exactly. games, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, then five is just a straight competitive versus collaborative game. Uh, there are a lot of collaborative games out there right now. Uh, one of the one of one example which is really good is called Legendary, and it's using the Marvel IP. Mm. So in those series of games, yeah. you are basically assembling your own squad of Avengers right? and taking ta- taking down villains like Thanos. Mm. So, <laughs> so you're on the same team. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. cool. And the, and the last thing we look at is called winning condition. Mm. So what makes the game fun is how the designers perceive that theme. Yeah. So I like to use Monopoly as an example because in Monopoly, um, you don't win by just getting to X number of dollars or mm. X number of properties. You win by bankrupting every single like other person. <laughs> you right? win by destroying the rest of exactly. the Exactly. So that kind of yeah. changes the messaging of the game and right. how the designer sees the real estate industry. I see. Okay. Okay. And so how are you, how are you cuz in your own company as a game consultancy, you're using you're not just getting people you don't just get people together to play games. You're mm-hmm. actually using tabletop games and board games That's right. with a purpose. And what's that purpose? So, you know, we see games as as a really powerful medium, first and foremost. So as a platform for education, for innovation. Mm. Um, and, and this is just like to clarify, this is not for like children. We're no, talking about adults in this context yes. and, a, and a variety of ages of adults for as sure. well. Okay, for sure. sure. Um, and, you know, the, the thing that captures people the most is who doesn't like to have fun, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so when traditionally the narrative is that 
having fun is not being productive, why can we not turn that fun time into productive time? Mm -hmm. So the way we see gamification and learning through play is that we want to take it to a little bit of a next level rather than inserting you know, uh, concepts from games like points and leaderboards and whatnot into existing apps. Mm -hmm. We like to design fun experiences first and foremost, and Mm -hmm. then we attach the educational content to it. Obviously, you design those experiences with sort of messages you want to deliver. Right, sure. So you're in collaboration with, there's a purpose for doing this, but rather than just having like a, like you said, like a technology digitally based gamification concept, you're doing something that's more real-world, tangible yes. gaming, like yeah. in, interpersonal Yeah, connection. I can give you an example. Yeah, please. Uh, we, we are working with a, a writing center called Elephant Community Press, mm-hmm. and we have a series of workshops called Play and Write. So the idea is you don't you can't play if you don't write, and you can't write if you don't play. Mm. And so we're kind of customizing, designing new games from scratch that are inherently not really educational per se. So one of the programs is called King of Hong Kong, mm. and it's based on another game that we're modifying. Uh, so normally the game is just about controlling monsters, destroying the city. Right. Okay. So in itself, not very educational. Sure. But we turn it into more of a narrative-driven uh, program where uh, kids, first of all, are designing their own monsters. So there's a creativity element, there's mm-hmm. the story writing element uh, with their own origin stories. Mm. And then as the game develops, they're playing through the story where their own monster of their own creation, they're going through a rampage around Hong Kong. And then in the middle, they take a break and they do a role play exercise where different students play on different, take on different roles. Mm. So maybe a concerned citizen, maybe a professor of monster studies at HKU. And so they interview each other about what's going on. So all of this is make-believe, but all of this is interviewing skills, writing skills. Yeah, sure, empathy, yeah. And then at the end, uh, they write the aftermath of the story. So what happens is this is actually a creative journalism program. At the end of the course, they produce a unique version of a class newspaper um, with the breaking news stories of all their monsters uh, rampaging through Hong Kong. And they learn how to write uh, headlines, lead paragraphs, they learn how to do interviews, they learn how to write journalism-related things. Mm. And so, but because this is really very uh, replayable, mm-hmm. um, every course turns out differently. And yep. all the monsters, all the stories turn out differently, all the assignments sure. turn out differently. It's as many so. different variations exactly. as there are imaginations. I sure. get it. Of course, it's amazing because, I mean, creativity is such a valuable resource now in every industry. Like, it's a, it's like a boring buzzword. Mm-hmm. It's getting everyone like, creatively, we need more creativity. But it's essential, right? Mm-hmm. It's essential for the jobs of today, regardless of what your sector is. You need to be thinking differently. And it's really interesting to hear that you can be tapping into that yeah. by engaging play. And so when that's students. What, what about adults? I mean, are, they, are you finding that adults are joining, um, you know, you're, you're working with groups of adults who are kind of rolling their eyes in their head like, oh, no, I'm too serious and old for this. I shouldn't be doing this. Or what, what's the response been like? The response is um, there are some people who do roll their eyes at the beginning and then you open a box and they're like oh my god (laughs) i can touch this this is a a box of cards i haven't played this in like 30 years yeah um one of our most popular programs for corporates Mm -hmm. um is um, a game that we have that actually we co-designed as well uh, on entrepreneurship so we we like to call it a a hackathon in a box Um, and so we use that we simulate a startup experience. We simulate a hackathon experience using our card game. 
um, in the course of two hours. Um, then we talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about design thinking, innovation, how that works within the startup uh, world, within the corporate world. Um, I come from a sort of corporate innovation and consulting background. So mm -hmm. there's a really good tie in there. Yeah. And once you start something without all of the lessons at the beginning, if you start with a common, again, fun experience, then it helps the debriefing because everybody has their own interpretation of the exercise. Wow. God, it's, it's, I find it really fascinating. And I think it's a, I mean, I'm, I'm curious if people, when people are doing this, are they taking photos of the experience? Absolutely. Are they, are they, are they oh, on their yeah. phones at the same time? So they're on their phones insofar as they're taking photos um, and sending to people and right. taking videos and uploading to Instagram. Right. So they're like proud of what they're doing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. But it's not like they're, they are still in the moment. They're for still sure. connecting and Absolutely. talking to each other. Absolutely. Is it one of those things that you find that people who maybe, because um, I, I imagine it's like one of those icebreaker exercises where actually people forget how we're social animals and we quite like to look at other human faces and mm -hmm. talk to other human people and we pretend that we don't. And then um, you have a situation like this where people, uh, you know, you spend an hour or so playing a game with someone that you might have never spoken to before, but you feel like a deeper connection with them afterwards. Does that happen? Absolutely. Is that just, oh, okay, good. So <laughs> we have, you know, we used to do a lot of team building stuff. Um, now, not so much because the team building comes already inherently with these game experiences. So okay. we don't need to do something just for team building yeah, because we gosh. can do something more value adding yeah. because inherently these are team building experiences, right? Yeah. And so it's team building plus something and that something is more the value adding stuff, whether it's in the education side, whether it's on the innovation side, sure. what have you. And it will always be a team bonding experience. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, and Vince, where can people go to learn more? So Press Start Hong Kong, and if they want to join one of your uh, social yes. groups, those in are fact, on Facebook? In fact, we have one board game social coming oh, cool. up this Saturday. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, so they're on Facebook. Look up Press Start Hong Kong. Um, we also mm -hmm. have a website, pressstart.com.hk, where more of the information on, on the programs that we do are on Yeah, there. sure, and so you can look it up and see if you Absolutely. want to join us. And pretty welcoming bunch. If, they, if you're a new, a new face, you're going to be welcomed. Well, I'll be there. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a friendly chap, so that's pretty good. Vince, thank you very much for that. Thank you. That was enlightening. I'm going to open a book.